Welcome to Girl Geek X podcast, connecting with insights from women in tech. I'm Angie, founder of Girl Geek X, and this podcast brings you the best of Girl Geek X events, dinners, and conferences. We've been elevating women in tech for over 10 years. I'm Sukruta, CTO of Girl Geek X. And I'm Rachel, the producer of this podcast. And normally we would have Gretchen, our COO, but she's out sick this week, so onward. Today, we're talking about leaving tech. Is this something that's been asked about a lot or something that you think is a conversation in the tech world? I think we've definitely heard a lot in the news about people being unable to survive in the San Francisco Bay Area with the rising rents and um, inability to afford living here. And part of that fingers have been pointed to tech as the dominant industry. So I've definitely heard a lot of um, news about people leaving the area and leaving the industry, especially women. Yeah, I uh, remember I was talking to a CTO of a company who happened to be female. And she said something like every day, it feels like a battle to stay in tech. And it's been so difficult for her to stay motivated. And she just powered through it, tried to build her um, army around her, as she called it. Um, Basically, you know, other women in tech and her network around just, you know, so they could bounce ideas off of each other. Like, you know, this is something that happened at work. How do I respond to it? I've been I was called angry or I was called aggressive. What's the best way to uh, respond to it? So um, I don't think it's lost in anyone that uh, the more senior people get, the fewer and fewer women there are in those roles. Um, well, we should definitely start to notice when it's happening around us and try to, you know, do what we can to resolve it. There's definitely been a lot of women finding community and um, support um, outside of their jobs online. And I've heard great things about the women in product group. There's an executive women in product group. There's a female founders group for women that want to start companies, as we know, 2% of venture capital goes to women-backed startups, and that is an incredibly low number when you think about women being half the world. Um, so there's definitely a lot of um, noise, especially this year. It's so important to find your community, find your flock, and find the people that you'll talk to, whether it's at your jobs or outside of your jobs, meeting up over dinner or having phone conversations, but definitely getting out there because there is... I think support that we all need to reach for and remind ourselves that we're we're worth getting that help and reaching out for that help and starting those lines of conversation so that we can find the best way forward. Rachel, what do you think? Yeah, so thinking about this issue as someone who's not in the tech space and just observing it from the outside, I definitely have seen a lot of people I know if not leaving immediately, definitely expressing frustration with things that they've experienced in the tech world and thinking about, yeah, making a transition out to have a more supportive kind of work culture. Angie, have you ever felt like dropping out or leaving tech? I ask this question to everyone. Absolutely. So um, I don't think about dropping out because I've been here for almost 20 years now. So it's, um, I have a different perspective. I've been kind of entrenched in, in another stage. But I do see more possibilities to stay in the arena, quote unquote. Like people say, stay in the arena, stay in the game. Like, what is the game? Does that mean you have to work at a big company? Does that mean you have to work at a full-time job? Does that mean you could be a contractor and still work in tech? And I think all these things are possible. 
uh, there's different ways to look at how you make this work for you, I think. Yeah, I know there have been times that I found it really, really difficult um, when I felt challenged or taking things very personally at work. I felt like, oh, this is just so hard. You know, it wasn't the job itself, but it was sometimes dealing with personalities that made it a difficult situation. So I feel like that's probably why a lot of women end up wanting to leave because you already feel marginalized. You know, there's not too many people around you that look like you. Um, and then when it gets stuffed with personalities around you, then you feel like, is this even worth it? I think that's the part is like, is this worth it? And right now it's like at a very interesting point because it is super notoriously expensive now to be in the Bay Area where the tech is happening. And the question is like, if you, for example, aren't the super type A, you know, graduated from a top university, um, you may not be able to sustain more than a five, 10 years in the yeah. Bay Area. And then you might want to move to Austin where it's perfectly a great place to live and work in tech as well. Um, I would, if I had come out of college now versus 20 years ago, I probably would you know, move to Austin or move to a more sustainable place where it is not so exorbitantly expensive and um, continue to work in tech there. I think there's ways to get around yeah, there's there's a few reasons people end up leaving besides the besides the cost, right? They just like it feels very high pressure around them and they're not getting time to do anything else. But um I guess when we're hearing this conversation quite a bit about leaving tech, it ends up being a conversation more about women leaving mm-hmm. tech, right? So do we think it's only a women's issue? I think we would like women to be around us more day to day, right? There's already so few to start. And then as the years go, we find them falling out for various reasons. Um, and that's why we notice it even more. Yeah, totally. I do. I do think that we internalize as women, we internalize a lot of what's going on around us and we tend to take things more personally. And so while someone else might brush off a difficult situation at work, I think we need tend to think about it more and then it ends up affecting our careers one way or another. So this leads well into our quote from Claire Huff. Claire was a senior vice president of engineering at Udemy and TapJoy, and she is currently the vice president of engineering at Apollo GraphQL. Last year, Claire spoke at the Square Trade Girl Geek Dinner, sharing stories of grit and pushing forward for all women in tech. I've been in tech for a long time, and it's very disheartening to me that tech has become increasingly unfriendly for women, especially women engineers. And, you know, statistics say that a lot of women get out of engineering much at a faster rate than men, right? So these are all very disheartening statistics, and I think we're trying to turn it around. So, you know, during my career, of course, like every job I go to, I have to reprove myself although my resume is very long and has a very reputable companies in it, and I've earned promotions at those companies, and yet, you know, sometimes when I get a new boss, they always question, can you do this job with mostly dominantly um, male population, male engineers. Uh, At one time, one female executive actually said, I'm not sure you could handle our male-dominant engineering team, even though I came out of companies where it was uh, Very male largely dominant. male, right? So I think we have to just keep educating 
others. And I think actually the younger generation is much more open to this idea of diverse work environment that, that you could learn from each other. And there's a lot of statistics that uh, diverse engineering organizations actually deliver better products or diverse companies do much better in the marketplace. So these are not just, you know, diversity is good, therefore you should do it. It's, there are statistics that better products are built, better product, you know, better uh, companies come out of having more diverse workforce. So we need to be constantly educating, but also being empathetic to learning about each other's background. When, we, um, when I actually talked about imposter syndrome with my uh, entire engineering team, which is about 80% men still. Actually, all men also raised their hand when, when we asked, you know, do you have an imposter syndrome, right? So it's not just women. So we have to be empathetic to what their imposter syndromes may be and just give, have that empathy and through conversations and through sharing experiences, I think we could change the workforce. <laughs> How does what Claire says compare to what you've seen in your own experience? I think what Claire said was interesting in that she pointed out that there are times when she was underestimated by um, a manager who thought she may not want to or couldn't put up with incredibly male team that was, was engineering. Um, and that sounds really unfortunate because I can think of a lot of other situations with a lot of men. I like to think that when people underestimate you, you kind of smile and you're like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and I wish, and I know sometimes that happens where I do, I'm like, haha, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I get really insulted and I'll get really angry. Um, but hopefully more times than less, I wind up on the better side of being like, I'm going to prove you wrong and not take that personally or as a, as a way to put you down, but instead of show people that you can actually do it and you prove them. Claire's talking about being asked, would she be able to handle, you know, a team of male engineers? Initially, like earlier in my career, I would have thought, oh, yeah, if someone is difficult with me, I'll just like respond and like I'll I'll give it back or, I, <laughs> you know, respond in a way that they wouldn't do it to anyone else. So they wouldn't do it again with me. But I think there's like you said, Angie, like smile and be like, think in your head, I'll show you is a better, much better, much healthier way because you don't want to add to the aggression and, the, you know, what you might think is assertiveness. You don't want to add to it and then make it difficult for someone else in, in while trying to make it easier. I think that's definitely the ideal scenario is to be able to like show people what's up. But I can definitely see how I do snap sometimes as well. As well. And I can imagine people, women in underrepresented groups might also have more history with it and be um, snappier for sure. I think you're snappy when you reach your threshold right oh, yeah. and sometimes you come into the to work where you've already reached halfway through that point because of just everything else that's going on around you that not everyone gets to see so absolutely I definitely see how this could be overwhelming or burdensome for women and make them feel like they do want to leave the tech space thinking about how much women internalize these things and think oh I just need to not respond in this way, or I need to rearrange how I feel about it. I think, yeah, it's, it's just a lot to take on. And so it's interesting thinking about like whose responsibility it is to actually make these things better for people. Is it about women thinking of how they approach the work and show up every day? Or is this something 
that should be on the other people who are making these spaces what they are. I definitely think there's a lot for managers to um, do and stick up for and help advocate for their reports and their teams and make sure that everyone feels like they um, are being supported and coached and getting feedback and helping other team members understand each other's intentions and um, as Sugrutha, you know, pointed out, having to make sure that she, her manager was actually, you know, doing their job. Um, that's a lot of work for her. So in an ideal scenario, the managers would just do that. But as we see in places like tech, quote unquote, you get a lot of hyper growth companies with lots of new managers who are going to take their few years getting to be the best managers. I think a lot of the times I assume that I can't let my manager handle things behind the scenes because not they don't know every cultural nuance or they don't know everything about what, um, you know, various minority groups might go through, right? Sort of like, you know, I, I truly have felt most of the time that I have to fight my own battles. Um, now, there is a gracious way to do it and there's, you know... There's other ways, various ways to do it. I don't think I've really found exactly what works because it's different with different people, right? I think we've started to kind of touch on reasons besides gender issues that people might leave tech. So what are some things that you've observed? So I think nobody, nobody likes to feel like a minority, right? No matter what they look like or what gender they are. You know, when people have not felt like they're flourishing in their career, they're not getting the attention they need, they're not getting their due, they want to leave. When there are, you know, really capable people who have low confidence, then they sort of tend to think that the the role or the industry is not for them. And then they just leave it all together. This relates a lot to our quote from Lily Gongas, the CTCO of Kapoor Center. She shared research that they had done on this topic. The findings dive into why people leave and how we can help level the playing field. We found that 37% of the uh, surveyed professionals left because of unfairness. Some kind of mistreatment in their role was really what turned them over to, to leave. Um, this is actually the highest reason why people leave. And it's not, you know, rocket science to be able to say, like, if you're not treating me fairly, I'm not going to stay. And so um, it, just, it just permeated across all the different groups as well. Specifically, underrepresented people of color were more likely to be stereotyped. Some um, uh, surveys, surveyors responded that they were actually mistaken. If I was the only Latina, they were mistaken by the other, other Latina in the room. And so um, little things like that really started adding up. Um, out of 30% out of those underrepresented women of color, they shared that they were actually passed, uh, most likely passed for a promotion. LGBTQ also had some of the highest rates of bullying and hostility. Uh, one out of 10 women reported unwanted sexual attention and harassment. Um, and then lastly, looking at some of these areas, some of the women reported really uh, other, others taking credit for their work, um, in addition to being passed over for promotion. And sometimes even their, their ability was questioned. At, at a much higher rates than men. The part that was interesting in all of the survey is that actually white and Asian men and women uh, reported observing a lot of these biases uh, the highest, and they actually also attributed them leaving because of this reason. And so it's not just impacting the underrepresented groups, it is really impacting the entire company. It sounds like um, a thousand paper cuts are definitely reasons why people 
decide to leave their job and that job might be in tech um, and hopefully they will be able to find a better workplace um, that is not where they're not the minority as Sukruta mentioned it's often when you're different I think the generalizations that people feel are being made about them and you know they also sometimes when you feel like you know you're being passed over for no reason for salary increases or promotions um, that also seems like you know from this study reasons why people might want to leave I think it's definitely it's interesting that the tech leaver study pointed out that people are leaving because of feelings of unfairness and really driving that home. I hope that the tech, the tech Libra study is able to highlight to employers how much um, emphasis needs to be placed on inclusion and diversity in the workplace. And um, as companies have HR, part of HR being dedicated to ensuring that their employees are feeling like they're invested in and invited to dance um, is something I've heard. Um, you don't want to just be invited to the party, but you want to be invited to dance and have a good time. Um, so whatever we can do to help, I think the, the thing that I always look for, the thing to do, like what can we take away and do? And I hope that people are able to um, be a good employee to other employees. I think that's all we can really do at this point, but besides like changing things from the top. There's so many things that in the when I dug into the KPOR Center study more, I noticed that they called out what companies can do to sort of give people the environment that makes them feel like they're being heard and that it's they're getting fair treatment. For example, they talked about, you know, improving your company leadership, making sure that no one's making comments or making generalizations that they shouldn't, making sure that they do a full sweep of the salaries and ensure that there's fairness in pay. A lot of companies, larger companies have committed to doing that. The smaller companies generally explain explain it away saying that they don't yet have the size or the HR department they would need to be able to do things like that. So I'm hoping to see, you know, it expand to smaller companies as well. Um, and then things like schedule flexibility, allowing people to work from home, work from anywhere. They don't have to be in the office between certain times or too late as long as they can get their work done. And generally providing more respect. Yeah, one thing that stood out for me is the importance of having opportunity for advancement. There's a lot of these findings point out people feeling like they've been passed over for a promotion. And obviously, if you're in a career and you feel like you've gotten as far as you're allowed to go, then you'll have to go elsewhere to feel like you're still advancing in your career. You know, a lot of underrepresented groups feel like there's a ceiling for how high they can get in the tech world when the leadership roles and CEO roles, a lot of them still look like the same kind of person. They're still reserved for white men. So if you see that you can only go so far, I think it makes a lot of sense to jump ship. Absolutely. I think if anything, all these topics of like not getting the pay and the promotion just signals to me that people should be looking for a new employer. And I don't mean to say that because we, we run Girl Geek Dinners and we offer these opportunities for women to go to a different workplace every week and hear from the women there um, and talk to recruiters. But I think it really is a big world out there. And there are literally thousands of places that you can possibly work at. And um, hopefully people don't feel like their job is the only place that they can work. 
I want to urge people though when they're feeling like oh this is too tough this is not worth it I have so many other things going on with my life I need to leave the tech industry I would say sometimes people also think that they're just not cut out for the role um change your environment before you change you first <laughs> um and changing your environment could be a variety of things you don't necessarily like what's a good culture company culture for one person could be awful for someone else because sometimes it's team specific it may not be company specific you could go to a completely different org within your company if it is a mid medium to large size company try that out seek out people through your network first of course build your network and then seek out people through your network that you think you'd want to work with and pursue that opportunity do everything you can to find a different environment before you leave tech i think it's kind of funny when people talk about women in tech it's such a big umbrella and hopefully there are still very technical things we could do in places that people didn't expect like you don't have to work at facebook google apple etc I think there's so many companies that are places for women to get jobs at that have more flexibility and offer hopefully opportunities for advancement in these smaller companies where you are able to climb um, the ladder faster than you can at a bigger company and feel like you're getting your promotions and you're being respected. Get on that rocket ship like Sheryl Sandberg. Rija Javid shared her own thoughts on how to help people stay in tech. She was a senior director of engineering at Wealthfront and is now CTO at Market Invoice in the UK. She spoke at Elevate, our virtual conference last year, and gave some amazing gems of wisdom. I think in terms of that sponsorship, um, I read a great article, which I think is probably one to two years old now on Medium, but uh, that was talking about how mentorship is not the answer for why women leave tech. The answer is actually advocacy at the higher exec levels. And that's actually one of the things that I've been more mindful of, um, given the leverage that I've had at the company and thinking more about that diverse group and how I'm able to speak up for them. Because I also know that I've been able to grow in my career because there's been that one person for me that's been speaking up for me at that high-level e-staff and board level. So what do you think about Rija's solution for tech leavers? This is like a big one that I think about a lot. Um, I guess my challenge always has been, like, as I grew in my career, how do I get people to advocate for me, right? Like, being able to manage up and manage upwards and outwards has been something that I had to deliberately do. And not everybody is coached or trained and knows automatically how to do things like that. Like if you're a mid-level engineer, how do you get like the VP to endorse you? It's really hard. When I heard Rija speak, I thought about how one thing that I hear a lot from women is that they enjoy finding sponsors and mentors, but in their company and outside their company. So they hopefully find some people in their company as well as people outside the company through mentorship programs or through their own means and kind of diversify um, their options for when they do demonstrate their competence by succeeding at their projects and keeping these people updated so that you are able to widen your net of people who are impressed with your skills who who will be able to give you a promotion or another media project when the opportunity comes. I was talking to a mentee of mine just like two days ago and 
um, she just transitioned into management and I was asking her, you know, has she been connecting with other managers, new managers around her? And she said, no. And I said, you know, what's the reason that you haven't been trying to network a bit more? And she said, you know, because I've until now always focused on getting to work, do my work and go back home. And I said, this is work too. Networking, finding people who will be there to support you uh, from your peer group and offer support to them. Later when, you know, you need uh, a favor you've already been that person who's given a favor so you feel comfortable to ask someone or that there's going to be people people who are going to help you so um while i don't yet have a good example uh, for myself where advo- advocacy at the higher levels worked for me where i deliberately made it happen i have had a lot of you know positive um experiences where i've had my peers be supportive of me and advocate for me and that's worked really really well so um and it wasn't with that intention necessarily but it started off with me wanting to be supportive of other people and then in turn it worked in my favor for sure things like that have helped me want to you know stay uh, even in difficult work situations and and power through it i think the advocacy piece is really big because then it takes the burden off of the person who's experiencing the unfairness. Like I mentioned that earlier. And I think if you have someone who's in a leadership position, who's actually setting culture and they're advocating for you, then it does take that burden off because then they understand these issues and they can approach it from this more decision maker perspective instead of someone who's experiencing things also having to explain why they're wrong. Any final thoughts on staying in tech? Yeah, I want to say that, you know, there's this quote from Obama that where he says something like, how can you win a game when your half your team is not allowed to play? When he was talking about, you know, increasing the representation of women, um, you know, be a part of change and don't let external factors um, allow you to doubt your abilities and make you feel like you need to leave the industry um there are different stages where you can you know sort of like i like i was saying you can you know cut out aspects that make your work situation difficult before you even say it's not for you i would recommend and request women who are thinking about leaving to come to a, a season of girl geek dinners and see different workplaces and talk to different women and find a way to make everything work out. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have a 40-hour job at big company. It can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, I feel inspired every time I attend a girl geek to know that I'm lucky to have so much access to, um, you know, you have... um, if you have access around you, then make take advantage of it. If you don't, then there are avenues that you can find. Keep looking and it'll, it'll be better. I think it's worth thinking about this issue as bigger than just a tech thing. I know we're a podcast about tech and that's why we're approaching the conversation this way. And also there's just a lot of thinking about the tech industry as kind of an engineering boys club, but there's definitely mistreatment and unfairness across industries. 
I know personally I've thought so many times to myself that I'm ready to leave the nonprofit world because of things that I've seen there. So I definitely think, yeah, before your answer is just leaving and trying something new, really try to think about, yeah, where you are, how to make it work, how to find people to advocate for you, how to find peers who support you. I think there's so many amazing people out there who are amazing managers and entrepreneurs and engineers, and you will find those people. It just takes some time. You're not necessarily going to be so lucky as to have them as your employer after college, but after, you know, after um, four or five or six jobs in your decade or two of working, you realize that you, by changing teams or companies, are able to find the best fit for yourself. And if you keep keep looking, you'll, you'll find a place. Yeah, and encourage other people around you, encourage the women around you if because um, you don't want anyone else to feel self-doubt. And um, another thing I want to say, just because something feels difficult doesn't mean you're failing. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Girl Geek X podcast. We'll be back soon with more advice from women in tech. This podcast is produced by me, Rachel Jones. To learn more about Girl Geek X or buy tickets to our next dinner, visit girlgeek.io. You can also find videos and transcripts from our events. If you're interested in hosting a Girl Geek dinner, email sponsors at girlgeek.io. This podcast was sponsored by Square Trade, the top-rated protection plan trusted by millions of happy customers and offered to top retailers, including Costco.